0: They say if you live one place long enough, you are that place. My name is Anthony Desiato, and I've lived in Westchester, New York, my entire life. This season, I'll be telling my county story through her comic shops, the quintessential stores of the area and the era that are now no more. If you like what you hear, please consider joining the My Comic Shop History Patreon page you get access to a ton of exclusive bonus content, including the My Comic Shop Book Club, Beyond My Comic Shop, and My Superfan History subseries. Thanks to everyone who has already signed up. My Comic Shop History is sponsored in part by Acme Comics, the oldest and largest comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina. Acme is a full-service, multiple Eisner Award-nominated business. Visit them when traveling or online now at acmecomics.com. And be sure to follow store manager Jermaine Exum on Twitter at Lord Retail and tune in Tuesday evenings for his early new release comics reviews. One of our podcast sponsors is a family of film festivals, the Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island, and the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park. Find them all on Film Freeway, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The 2020 seasons for both Point Lookout and Hang On To Your Shorts are open for entries. Use the discount code SJRHOTYS2020 when you submit. Also, be sure to visit iTunes or a ASharedUniverse.com to tune in to the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast. Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato, and I'm here to talk Dragon's Den with Uh-oh. Undiscovered Realm owner and former Dragon's Den customer and employee, Chris Wilcock.
1: Hello. I hope you guys aren't sick of me yet.
0: Well, I'm so back. That's, so that's the thing. So regular <laughs> listeners of My Comic Shop History, the last time they heard you was the oh, season 4 yeah. finale. But for members of the My Comic Shop History Patreon page, they heard a lot of you this They're year. They're
1: sick of me. But everybody should be a Patreon subscriber, so hopefully everyone's sick of me.
0: You know what? It's the sort of thing, of course, I always... I always wish that more people would sign up. I want more people to hear these episodes that we've been doing on the Patreon page. I and I'm not blowing smoke. I re- I had such a good time doing those four episodes. It's the mm-hmm. sort of thing like I'm I'm glad we did them simply for the sake of of doing them and having them. Yeah. So even if they're not being heard by <laughs> by Everybody. the masses, uh, I'm so glad that we did it. They were so much fun.
1: Yeah, I I had a great time uh, anytime. So I am back right. That's right.
0: But yeah, Beyond My Comic Shop, Never Stop, Never Popping, four episodes, all about your upbringing, being a shy kid, a bit of a loner, kind of finding your way through magic and finding community through playing magic at Dragon's Den. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, it ties into Dragon's Den. So, you know, you can go back. It's like the prequel.
0: And we purposely (laughs) avoided getting too deep into Dragon's Den. We did that because I knew you were going to come back for
1: this. Here we are.
0: So, we're here to talk about Dragon's Den. Now, I got to say, and we talked about this ahead of time before we started recording. I feel like, I feel the pressure of audience expectation on this (laughs) Dragon's Den episode. Yeah. And it started as early as the end of season four, when I announced that season five was going to be Westchester's comic shop history. And I listed, now again, not a comprehensive comic shop history, but the big stores that were part of my journey. Sure. Including Dragon's Den. And so I listed those stores and... Right away, people were like, "Oh, I can't wait to hear the Dragons Den episode." And I'm like, "All right, like that's cool. Like they're interested in that." Another listener wrote and was like, "You know, I've been, I've been surprised. Like, you know, I haven't really mentioned Dragons Den much over the years on the podcast." And I was like, "I don't know. I mean, like here and there, there have been mentions, but no, we haven't, you yeah. know, really uh, delved too deeply into it." And then uh, a little while back, in advance of this recording, I posted on Facebook and I said, like, Does, "If anyone has comments or questions about Dragons Den." You know, typically when I do stuff like that, maybe I'll, get a, I'll get a couple of bites. A lot of responses Pluggets. to that one. Yeah. You saw that. yeah, And they were specific too. It was like, how did Dragon's Den justify their expansion? Where did the majority of their money come from? They were into yeah. so many things. What led to the closing? Where did the inventory go? People were like, we very specific yeah. and very passionate.
1: It's. It was, uh, you know, I was younger, but it was a big part of my life. So I got to imagine, you know, that was the place, I, honestly. Especially for that part of, the city, you know, Yonkers is a big place. I was having this discussion earlier. Like, even though alternate was like just outside of Yonkers, it's right on the border there. So like, but one side of the city to the other is like 30, 40 minutes sometimes, depending on where you're going. So like, they're really their own little worlds. And that was in cross County or central, you know, those are in main drag. So it, just a lot of people They grew up there. So, um, yeah. And, you know, I, we had the conversation before, like you said, but I felt the pressure too, because, you know, I was a longtime customer from there. I lived in that store. I lived in the mall. Um, I even worked there for a little while and I know a lot of stuff and I can comment on a lot of things, but I, you know, there's certain things I can only say through hearsay or, you know, it's like a game of telephone or I was told this. So, you know, I can't say things from like a standpoint of absolute authority, but we can get a pretty good, you know, conversation going and a pretty good idea of some of the things. So, you know, if I'm slightly off base on a couple of things, I apologize. You know, it's been a while and also, you know, again, some of this stuff is, through a game of telephone, unfortunately. But, you know, I think that if anything, that, that this should be a documentary one day, because if we really dive and peel back the layers on this store, I'm sure like it goes so much deeper than anybody even has any idea.
0: I don't know how many more comic shop documentaries I got in oh, me. Oh man,
1: I'm, I'm about to do it. I'm going to rent your equipment. <laughs> and I, I know, I, hey, look, I, I can get all the key people on the phone in, in a day and set this thing up. And it, I'm telling you, this is the one.
0: I mean, maybe if it were a joint
1: effort that I, might I'll, be I'll do the legwork. Yeah, we'll talk because I, I think the demand is there.
0: But I'm glad you, you set all that up, and and yeah. I want to echo that, and I, I sort of want to <clears throat> manage people's expectations about this, you know, because I, I, and I might be projecting, but I kind of got the sense people were expecting like this, like expose on yeah. Dragon's Den, and to be honest, that that does not line up with, with the vision that I had for this episode because, you know, for me, so like Dragon's Den was to you what alternate realities was yeah, to me. Yeah, definitely. For me, Dragon's Den was more tangential to my
1: larger comic mm-hmm. shop odyssey. like And that's how, it's a complete flip-flop, honestly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But so for me, like, my regular stores, the stores where I had a pull list, were Hero, Heroes World, Alternate, and one if by cards two if by comics. Oh, wow. And All then nice I would make uh, occasional visits to Dragon's Den and to Comic Book Heaven primarily if I was looking for back issues Mm -hmm. those were that that was usually when I would go to one of those two stores Um, and I went for dragons that I went to the Central Avenue location and I went to the Cross County location Um, so for me for this episode I mostly want to learn more about the store like what it was like on a day-to-day basis what the vibe was like what was it about it that made it mean so much to you just like AR did to me now within that you know Again, we'll we'll get into, uh, you know, some of the, the inner behind the scenes yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're definitely
1: going to get some, some of that stuff. So you won't be completely disappointed if that's what you came for.
0: No. And I, as so always, hang on. you know, I did my mm-hmm. homework. Mm-hmm. I did my research. I talked to a few people off the record about kind of what went on there and what led to especially the Central Avenue and Cross County locations closing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are all things that if you're curious about, I think we'll be able to shed at least some light on something. It. Now, by my count, there were you know we're talking about a, a, a handful of dragons den locations. I had never I never went to the Greenwich, Connecticut.
1: That I didn't location. even know existed.
0: There, apparently, there was one, and if you're curious, actually on YouTube, uh, there's an old old grainy commercial. Really for dragons den Greenwich.
1: That's crazy. Yeah.
0: But do you know where in the timeline that fell? Eighties, I think. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I so I think pre-central. That was like I, I don't hold me to that. Yeah. I'm not positive. But there is that that YouTube commercial. But not Westchester, so we won't worry about it sure. too much. And kind of along those same lines, there's also a Poughkeepsie
1: location yeah. that is there still was.
0: in operation.
1: Oh, they reopened. Yeah, they reopened. Yeah, somebody bought it out or something. Yeah, so yeah. now I've
0: never been to that one either. You, yeah, I been have one. been.
1: Not in a while, but I've been there once or twice.
0: So uh, this was actually, this was, you know, conveniently the... The, the plight or <laughs> saga of the Poughkeepsie location is actually well documented in the yeah. in the Poughkeepsie Journal. <laughs> I yes. was able to find a lot of articles about it, and essentially, back in April 2017, the store was seized for unpaid taxes. There were open tax warrants totaling close to 180 thousand dollars. Mm. So the store was seized, uh, temporarily closed, reopened. Eventually, the uh, the current owner. Uh, sold the business to uh, the, the current owner now, who was uh, a fan, a customer, and didn't want to see the store go away, and so stepped in and has has
1: carried it on, mm. which is cool, and I admire That's that. That's cool, yeah. I you know I always wondered like a couple things with that, and we'll get you know it's whatever, but yeah. like like it was like ten years worth of back, like or some crazy long number, and like but also like if you're the tax authority, why in the hell would you let them back in? Because like. All that stuff's going to go, like, disappear. Anything worthwhile is definitely not going to be in the store when the tax authority comes back again. So, like, that's just crazy to me, but
0: whatever. Which is what happened with the Central Avenue location. So we hear. So we hear. I mean, this this was, you know, public knowledge, you know, at the time. I couldn't find any articles about it, but, you know, this was certainly known at the time that... Pre-internet. Yeah, I mean, the Central Avenue location, similarly, was seized for unpaid taxes. The sheriff came and, you know, chained the door, right? And then there was an auction
1: yeah and so okay just uh i'm you know my timeline here i did go to that central avenue store a little bit um but the vast majority of any knowledge and time i have is cross county
0: and that's where we'll spend the most of our time at this episode um,
1: and I, i think probably the most relevant location all said and done but um the the central one was enormous um and you know if you're local Um, it's where the Barnes & Noble is now. So just think about a typical size, a smaller size Barnes & Noble, but still the size of a Barnes & Noble. That's a very big uh, comic Mm -hmm. store in probably the most prime real estate in Westchester. So, you know, how they stayed open, I don't know. Um, God only knows what was going on. Um, But I I started going there probably 1994, 1995. That's when I started playing Magic. Um, And I would go there... For my first tournaments that i ever played in occasionally to the central location the central location occasionally looking for some um video games and stuff so for anybody that doesn't know Dragonson was a little different than some comic book stores as they had a very large sports card section um they had a nice comic book section um they had a very large video games video games were a really big part of uh of their inventory um and then they had a really focused area on like warhammer later whenever that hit and then card games like magic and you know 95 96 is when everybody in the in the world decided they're try and start making a game uh because magic blew up so much so they, they you know they were the one-stop shop and you know and statues you know your typical like little merlin statue or whatever the hell it was um and then whatever like the the hot trend was so like i would go to there to get my pogs and uh i remember we're gonna tie this in um on power rangers tommy had like a yin yang necklace And he would always wear that. And I was just like, I love that thing. And they had one almost exactly the same at Dragon's Den. And I begged my mom (laughs) for like a month straight. uh, And I saved up like whatever the 20 bucks was to go there. And I made her drive me there to get that yin-yang necklace. And I was so happy. Nice. So there's our Power Ranger tie-in. So stuff like that. You know what I mean? A little bit of everything, but one-stop shopping. Beanie Babies, they were like the place to go for Beanie You know? Right. So... Um, I don't know where, you know, how you want to go through this timeline here, but, um.
0: Yeah, well, I think, you know, so, uh, so again, I know the majority of your time was at the cross county location. Uh, probably the majority of my visits were to the cross county location as well. Although again, I did go to the central one occasionally. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, you know, let's talk about. The Cross County location and your, your experience, your time there. Sure, sure.
1: Oh, and and one thing before we go in, I want to say, there was another location um, on Central Avenue.
0: They're original, so right, because it yeah, moved. The original to, one, yeah. and
1: I didn't know this until, no one ever even mentioned this, until a few years ago, one of the guys that tattoos at the shop, um, he said when he went to Roosevelt in like the 90s, which is a big high school here, that was where they would go after school. That was like the hangout. And um, it was uh, down where there's like a little diner there now, an Outback Steakhouse and all that stuff. And uh, I saw I never even knew that one existed. I've never even so much as seen a picture of it. So um, yeah, I
0: only just found that out recently
1: as well. Yeah. Um, so I would love to you know find out more about all that stuff, and I probably will dig after which you know maybe we'll have another part <laughs> two to this. Maybe. But yeah, so so the oh, central I'm sorry, one? just just to yeah, yeah
0: just to, to close the loop on on that with so uh, again the the remaining inventory was auctioned off after yeah. the store was closed and seized for unpaid taxes. And kind of what you were alluding to before, yeah. uh, you know, we've heard from people who went to the auction that it seemed as if most of the good stuff had uh, kind of been snuck out ahead of the auction.
1: Yeah. And I guess if you know that's happening, like, you know, who's not going to do that, right? But right. Um, yeah, what a weird system. But yeah, I don't remember that. And, and if it happened, I was like 11 or 12. So, I, you know, that wouldn't have made sense to me. I would just be like, oh, the store's not open. Um, I think right around that time is when One If by Cards also opened across the street. So maybe like that put a little pressure on. Plus, Alternate was open at that point.
0: Yeah. So I mean, so I had Mark and Donna on uh, from One If by uh, Cards, yeah. Two by Comics earlier in the season, and they had both worked at Dragons then. Oh, and left, I didn't and even
1: realize that. See, I'm uh, that's opened. the episode I'm most excited to hear because. That store just came out of nowhere, and I was, and it's still there, and I don't know how. We we always ask that question ourselves. So
0: it's it's fascinating to me, and you know, people can, can listen to the episode. I don't want to rehash yeah, it too course. much. Yeah, of course, I but, can't wait. But uh, you know, I was so fascinated about that going into that episode because in my mind, you know, you hear so much about what a struggle it is selling comics. And I'm thinking like, well, sports cards must be even harder. It's Ten like times harder. But the memorabilia, I
1: guess, is strong. But
0: apparently the market is still strong for these
1: sports cards. Because no one else them. sells them anymore. Yeah. So I guess if you're the last guy selling something.
0: Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so by the time dragons then closed, yes, former employees had opened one of my cards right across the street. Oh. Alternate realities, uh, was open, uh, up the street as well.
1: And this is like, for you guys that don't know that like one of my cards was like, you could spit on it. It was across the street. They were in a direct line. Yep. Um, and then alternate is like a minute drive up the road. So that's a, like, that's a lot. And even if this is during the boom, you know, of the nineties or whatever, but still like, that's a lot for anything to handle. So that probably is what ultimately like put the final crack you know knock the cracks that were already forming yeah but Um, again
0: and this has been sort of a theme this season it's like it's amazing to think you know just within that little stretch of central avenue you had three major comic shops and other shops in the area not too far from there but like those three town had one in a really concentrated stretch it's it's amazing and so different
1: now crazy yeah yeah very different now.
0: So, elsewhere in Yonkers, yeah. we have, well, before we yeah. talk about the cross-county location, sure. we talk about cross-county itself for people yeah, who yeah, don't sure, know what sure. it is?
1: This outdoor pretty, mall? It's actually a pretty famous mall, uh, if you don't even know. Like, I, I want to say it was the first outdoor mall in the country. Um, or if it wasn't the first, like one of the first two, it, it's, it's historical, actually.
0: You know, do you know, did you know? I know you know the the pet cemetery in Hartsdale, mm-hmm. right? I did not know that's the first pet cemetery in the country.
1: Oh, really? Well, that explains why I think like Lassie's there and like one of the elephants from the cir- original circuses, huh. like. Um, so that would make sense, I guess. That's a lot why of I always wondered why they were there, right?
0: Yeah, a lot of innovation. In, uh, Westchester West Westchester's
1: famous, man. We got the X Men. <laughs> um, we have DMX. <laughs>
0: It's, well, it's, I think about the X-Men. I know Westchester is known generally, but especially when I was like, you know, getting ready to promote this season, I'm like, well, I don't think I really need to explain too much about Westchester, especially to comic book fans, you know, it from the X-Men, yeah. if nowhere else. Yep. Uh, but so Cross County, this outdoor mall.
1: Yeah. So it's an outdoor mall. Uh, apparently the first one in the country. Um, You know, it was, it, it was the place to go. You know, they had all the stores and it, you know, I don't want to say it was like run down or ghetto, but you know, it was on the decline. Um, It had been there for a really long time because it was the first one. And, um, you know, not, not like it was falling apart, but it was in a little bit of disrepair, but it was just kind of like, you know, everybody would go to the hangout because it had, <clears throat> you had your dragon's Den, you had your Sam Goody, you know, you had all, all the places as a teenager with no money and nowhere to go. You could just sit there all day and be a mall rat. So, you know, it was cool. Um, uh, completely outdoors, like you said. So, you know, it was raining, it was snowing, you know, you were suspect to the, uh, subject rather to the elements. Um, so, you know, we literally lived in that mall, like, because it was outside, we would play tag, we would torture the, the mall secure, oh my God, I I can't even, like, I don't think I can legally even get into it, but, uh, we, those guys wanted to kill us. And, uh, so we spent a lot of time there, whether it was inside, outside dragons then and it all intersects and led back to dragons. And I even, there was at one point, uh, when we were racing RC cars in the parking lot and one of the gas tanks exploded on the reserve gas and like set me on fire. So I like got b- burned dramatically and yeah, in cross County in the mall. Wow. So yeah, I had a, an ambulance, I had a calm, like oh, I, I'm telling you, I lived in that mall. Like there was a point where like, we ran that place, like, like, Nothing happened in that mall that we didn't know about. Like, it was crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, I. And we'll get into all of it.
0: Yeah, no, I want to hear all that stuff. I mean, I, you know, I was familiar with it as a kid, you know, certainly going to Dragon's Den, but even more generally, you know, uh, my mom is from the Bronx. She grew up there. Oh, cool, cool. So, not far from Cross County. And she and her parents would go there
1: all the time. And I will say, like, it's a major bus depot, too. So, a lot of people from the Bronx, this is like the Bronx, even until recently, didn't have a lot of big malls. So, there was a huge amount of people. So, it was kind of like a melting pot. Yeah. yeah and
0: so she would take me there my grandparents by the way still live in the Bronx in the same one bedroom <laughs> rent control department that yeah, they've been in for 60 years that's
1: crazy but there's a lot there's a lot of that
0: yeah but so we would go to Cross County and uh, again I didn't have as many experiences or uh, as interesting <laughs> experiences. you never that. set on
1: fire there <laughs> you didn't know I can't oh. say
0: but you must know this woman there was, and I don't mean to make light of this the one clearly, with the baby
1: yeah Oh. oh so yeah that's a good point um so there was like all right so like i'm a huge howard stern fan and like they have the whack pack and uh we always joke that like cross county is the only mall i've ever seen that had its own whack pack and it wasn't just her like there was a whole there was a whole uh pack (laughs) of them like so there's this woman and she was around since my parents were younger that's what my mom would say Yeah, yeah. Yeah. everybody knew her and it was sad you know we don't i I really you know we don't mean to make fun of it but it was just it was as a kid obviously you, you didn't have as much you know care for that you just thought it was like a weird thing Um, but she would push around a stroller with a baby doll in it, like a, you know, not a cabbage patch kid, but like, you know, a lifelike looking baby. And she would change the clothes and put shoes on it and buy stuff for it. And, you know, looking back now, God only knows, like maybe she lost her child and went crazy, you know? Um, so it's very sad, but you know, as a child, we were like, this is crazy and out there. And like, if you even like bumped into the stroller, she would like flip out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. She was so protective of it. So, you know, looking back, I think that's probably something that happened, but there was also a guy, Again, these are all really sad things, but there was a guy who had like uh, elephantitis at a foot and he had like some like homemade boot. I mean, it was gigantic and he would like just wear it all the time and he'd, he'd be wandering around. Then is that there the was medical a term? <clears throat> elephantitis. Yeah. That is it is, really? Yeah. That's uh ah. it's like when it's just enormous, like oh it, yeah, it looks like your foot's the size of an elephant. Um, and uh, there was a guy who had an ear that like went from his ear all the way down to like his knee. It was just, that's how big it was. It looked like when you pull like silly putty. Like, that's how it looked. And he grew his hair really long to, like, block it. Uh, and he, all he wore was Met's stuff. Like, Met's shirt, Met's hat, Met's jacket, Met's everything. And he had this long hair coming over to one side to cover his giant ear. Um, there was one homeless guy who was always there. Uh, his name was Bags. So that's what everybody called him. And he would just wander up and down Central Avenue. And he always, he had bags on his feet. Like, so these are sad situations, but they all gravitated across Cross County. Um, there was another homeless guy that was uh, always living there. Um and uh, I remember one time my friend bought him Burger King. We were, like, we were like 13. You know, We didn't even have that much money. He gave him the extra Burger King. And the guy's like, you have a cigarette? And he's like, no. He's like, next time I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and, oh, and here's another thing. He, he hung out next to, there was a payphone. And the payphone would ring all day. And every time you answered it, there would be a guy on the phone. Anybody who's local will know this. Uh, and he would be like, I'm locked out in my underwear. What should I do? Right. But I'm telling you, like 24 seven, every day of the week, this phone. And uh, I think he worked in one of the, like, there was a medical building there, which is a hotel now. And uh, he must have been, because he could see you. So he must have been looking uh-huh. out through there and he would call all the time. And as kids, we were like, we're going to find this guy. Like, we figured out, we went into the building, we were going door to door trying to find. So aside from Dragon's End, this mall just had its own laundry list of uh, of characters and uh it really it had its like it just was like a living breathing thing like it's crazy
0: that really is fascinating yeah i mean i only knew about the woman with the the doll oh, the carriage. so many
1: of them yeah. oh, oh and then and there's another guy who which will tie into dragons Den too. his name was Jacques, and he's deaf and uh, i was this big african-american guy and he he couldn't speak but he just was like <laughs> that's how he sounded and um he sounded almost like a barking dog and uh he would always come into Dragon's Den and, and read the book. And we had an interesting run-in with him when we met him for the first time. So we'll get into that when we go through the store. But I'm telling you, like, there was a whole pack of people in this place. And, like, the security, the head security guard only had one eye. So everyone called him Cyclops. And he was like, the, like the, I'm telling you, you can make a movie. It was, it's great.
0: He had another documentary. Yeah, yeah, presents yeah itself. a
1: documentary and a documentary. It's like Inception.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, clearly it attracted this, this cast of characters, maybe due to its location and or the outdoor
1: setting. Yeah, I guess you know it lends itself to like homeless people and things like that, or right. you could wander around, you felt like you were outside, it was almost like a little park. Um, and uh, you know, so but because of that, like I said, we were there all the time, we'd play tag, we'd play you know, night tag, we would run around, we set off fireworks, like we played baseball in one of the parking lots, we'd play football, like we were in that mall, like it was, it was a whole thing. Do
0: you go any, any more? Are you uh, over there? So,
1: so I guess to finish this off, very rarely um like i said even though it's like i used to live right over there but now it's like it's like a 20 minute drive out of the way and the direction i don't usually go but they've since made it so upscale and it's, it's oh like, have they oh you haven't when's the last time you've been there so i haven't i mean
0: it's an outdoor mall but i haven't been to cross county i haven't been inside in
1: years oh but my I, God. I pass it go some
0: semi-regularly It is mind-blowing like, i know they have a shake shack
1: yeah but, but even not even just the stores just the way it looks like the basic layout is the same but like You might not notice it as much, but, like, as somebody who was there, like, you know, 20 hours a day, it's just mind-blowing to me. Like, certain things, like, I don't know if you remember, behind Dragons then, they had, like, a wooden fence, and then there was, like, a slope that dropped down into the parking lot, like, six feet. That's all flat now, like, up to the back door. So, like, from, like, it blows my mind, because I can't figure out how they did this without adding six feet of concrete, which they clearly didn't do. Just things like that, and it's all upscale. It's almost like the Westchester, but outside. Um, maybe Whoa. slightly lower scale, slightly, All right. but that's, yeah, you know. but for the most part, very similar. um, so it's it's huh. night and day. It's a completely different place. and none of that shit that went on, whatever. I mean, like, the things that we did are mind blowing And like now, like, if you even go there like five minutes after it closes, you're just swarmed by security. Whereas like uh-huh. you could be there all night like blowing stuff up and they <laughs> they wouldn't <laughs> even do anything.
0: Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go again at some point. Like I would yeah. pass it. I had a period of time where I had a pull list at the Spider's Web on Yonkers Avenue. And I, on my oh, way I would back that, in particular, yeah. I, would, I would always pass it. And then there have been times I've been like coming back from the city on 87 and I pass by. So mm-hmm. like I see
1: it all the time. Yeah, from the outside you can tell a little bit but when you get in there.
0: Yeah before the Hartsdale shake shack opened i yes. was tempted to go to cross uh, county because they're uh, yeah there was wasn't that or it. the city so yeah. uh but now that the heartsdale one is have you been to the heartsdale one
1: yeah the Shake Shack. yeah it's right by or you are so yeah have occasionally. you had
0: have you had better luck there than you did at smash because i know you had some oh my epic, god when we saw waits. you there yeah. oh man
1: that was the worst yeah it was a little better <laughs> it was a little better
0: yeah, it's calmed down a little bit. Have you noticed? Because when they yeah.
1: when they opened, because they're around, I guess. Yeah. The novelty's worn off.
0: Yeah. So now it's a little more yeah. uh, a little more manageable. But yeah, so cross counties, like people who are from the area, like I, I'm sure you know it. But in case you didn't, yeah. now I think you had but at least some of the picture place, of it.
1: Yeah, it was the place to be.
0: Yeah. So all right, so talk to me about dragons then. So at the time, by the time you went to the cross county dragons, and yeah. you had already been to the central avenue yeah. location.
1: Yeah, and again, I was only at the central one very little, um, and you know, I was always like. Uh, As a kid, you know, I would go to the stores and buy an action figure here or there, but it was, like, very little. I I, I bought comics here and there, but I wasn't a huge comic guy, and the local pizzeria where I lived in South Yonkers had them, you know, so I didn't have to go to a comic book store. Um, But uh, when I got into Magic is when I really started, like, living in the stores, and that store closed right as I, the central one, right as I really got into it. So Cross County opened and the first memory I have of it is they had the grand opening and they had so many copies of Death of Superman left over <laughs> that they were giving them to anybody that walked in the store and outside the store. So if you walked by the store, they'd be like, you want a Death of Superman? And they, I mean, they were giving out oh, hundreds wow. of copies, like, and I just kept walking by and just getting them. And I had like a stack <laughs> of like 20 in my, I probably still have them in storage somewhere. The ones like in the black bag or the white bag, whichever was the cheaper Did one. Did you try to like sealed. disguise
0: yourself? so they? No, <laughs> they just didn't care. It was
1: like a guy in like a Barney costume or some whatever was hot at the time. Uh, just handing them out. He didn't give a shit.
0: Do you remember how you found out that it was open? Because they were uh, pre-internet.
1: And, yeah, I think I just went to Cross County and it was there. But you had, So you were already
0: familiar with Cross County? From, yeah, from yeah. Again, growing up you're there? You're
1: talking like, uh, I was probably 11-ish at this point. Okay. Um, 10 maybe. So this is like 93, 94. When did Death of Superman come out? 92. 90. End of 92. So people would probably be sitting and trying to get rid of stacks of them by 93. So we're going to okay. say 93 is probably the time, like 94 and i really got into magic in 95 so i was going there to buy pogs and like casual crap in that time frame and video games because there was a software etc which was pre-gamestop right across from them oh yes yeah Yeah, and uh, and that's still there as gamestop but it was a software etc at the time and maybe even a funko land at one point before that um and then um dragon's den was directly across from them and they also sold video games um so you know i would go there to sell games or buy new games or trade or whatever and, you know, occasionally buy a comic or they had an arc- a couple arcade machines in the back. Um, and and that's it. And then so the basic setup of the store was you can come in from the back or the front. Um, the front door on the left side was like probably 25% of the store was video games. The right side was all sports cards. Like cases and cases of sports cards behind the counter was packs and higher end comics. Then they had uh, in the middle like a wall of new releases and then all the bins. Mm-hmm. And then across from that was like VHS tapes, like, um, Dragon Ball, like used to be like to get those, it was like literally 150 VHS tapes released and, and, you know, you could never track them all down. It was like actually like a hunt pre-internet, pre-DVD, pre-everything. So they sold a lot of that stuff. Then the back half of the store on the right was all trading cards, magic, whatever other games were hot. Uh, and then on the left side, all Warhammer and tabletop stuff. And then along the back wall, they sold, you know, posters and, uh, they had their arcade machines like time crisis marvel or whatever you know whatever was hot at the time and that was basically the setup um it was a decent sized store
0: yeah I, from what i remember it's funny because like when i picture the store mostly i remember i do remember the sports cards because i yeah. would get basketball cards there when i was into that but specifically i remember the wall of new comics and the back issue bins like of mm-hmm. course you know again our our, um, our interests and in everything are always flipped so <laughs> for you i'm sure like you know all the the gaming and everything and the video yeah. games stood out I, more for me it was the comics i have like, one Dragon's Den story, and it's real short. I oh, went to sure. a yo-yo class there once. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. So, I went there, too. I was there. Yeah. I think I helped, I think we talked helped about them or something. Once, yeah. I don't even know if we did, but, but yeah, that goes back to what I was saying about the whatever was the hot at the time. Like, somewhere in the late 90s, 97 or so, 96, 97, there was, like, a big resurgence of yo-yos, and they had, like, the high-end <laughs> ones. I know it sounds ridiculous, right? But the ones that would, like, come back by themselves, and you could do, like, tricks with and stuff, and they had, like, an outdoor stage and they had a yo-yo class, and I remember that because they were storing the stage in the back of the store, and they had to move two of the magic tables out of the way to keep the stage there for like a week. And we were like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> we were getting so annoyed, and we were sitting on the stage playing cards.
0: It's amazing, isn't it crazy? Because I was thinking about this in advance of the recording. It's like it was this, it was kind of quaint even then. Like yo-yos made a comeback, but yeah. even more so now. It's like it had this this resurgence like you said it's amazing they were like all the rage for this yeah I don't know how long it lasted probably not very long two months you know then
1: it was Tamagotchis and it was Pogs and it was Furbies and it was but you know it was like you remember this is pre-ebay too so you know when you wanted that hot item Tickle Me Elmo whatever it was like you had to go to resellers you know and that's what they did and you know Um, you know, that's how you kept the lights on because again, even then, even in the, the probably golden age of collectible stores, when you could actually like make a living doing it, um, you know, you still needed to make some extra money and that was the way to do it. I remember they, when I was a kid, even like, um, they had the Pokedexes um when pokemon just came out it was a huge hot item and kb there was a kb toys there also yes and they had them and it was one per person so they would give us like five bucks or a free pack of magic cards or something they'd give us 20 bucks go to kb buy this, bring it back we'll give you a free pack of cards to get around the limits and we would go back and forth like 10 times and get them like 50 of them um so and that's probably spurned some of my like resale habits um (laughs) so but so yeah.
0: at the time that you, you know, you originally went to the central location, then it closed, you find out that the cross county location is opening. Yeah. So at this point though, you still were not, you were not into magic yet,
1: right? Um, Not when it first opened. Okay. But so the, I, again, I want to say it was 93. I got really into magic in 95. Um, so I would sporadically go there. It might have even been 94. Not long afterwards, I really got into magic. And that's when I started going there all the time. Um, You know, going back to like, uh, if you did listen to the the special on the Patreon yeah, you know, I in, yeah i was pretty shy yeah i was <laughs> pretty shy i was a loner um and uh, you know so i would hang out with my grandfather all the time so we would take the two buses or whatever we go to cross county we did a lot of things that like we could go do without spending money and there was a giant toys r us right up the street also so if we took the bus to cross county we could go there go look at the toys comics um and then walk up the street to toys r us go look through all the stuff there you know what i mean occasionally maybe i'd get something if we had a little bit of extra money and um so that's how I started going there. But once I got into magic, you know, I, I would get dropped off there on a Saturday or I would take the bus. Like from when I was like 12, 13, I started, you know, taking the bus on my own. And um, I would take the two buses from where I lived in Yonkers, get off in Cross County, go there and then spend the whole day there. Because, you know, literally I'd get there when they opened at like 10 and I'd leave at eight or nine when they, they closed. Parents would come pick me up or I'd take the bus home or later on, because I started making friends there, we'd stay at each other's houses and. So I didn't know anybody, um, started playing and there was a bunch of other people getting dropped off just the same way that didn't know anybody. And eventually we started to know each other. Right. And, um, and that's really what it became. Like those were my, my friends, you know, like, and I would look forward to it so much because you'd go through the whole week at school. Um, sometimes we would go there like on a Wednesday night, they'd have a tournament or something, but, um you know, that's it. Like you were waiting there at the door when they opened and I like can retrospect now, I, uh, you know, when we opened the store and there's people waiting, I'm like, Oh, give us a second. You know, it's like, but I, I, I remember that. And, and I, and instantly I don't get aggravated because that was me. And, um, you know, we would just sit there, we'd play cards, you know, um, we'd go play in the mall. Like I said, go play baseball, go do whatever terrorize people. <laughs> um, and we'd even terrorize the people who worked there. Um, so, and they had, you know, each department had like their head, so, there was a cast of people that worked there. It wasn't just, like, one guy behind the counter. Like, the video game counter had one or two people. The sports card had one or two people. Um, the back was uh, Kelly, who, uh, you know, um, I spent the most time with because she was in the, the, the card section, and that's where we were. Um, and there was, so, there was four or five people working at any given time there. Um, and, uh, you know, they all had their distinct personalities, and it was, it was almost like a movie. It was like waiting or something, but with, you <laughs> know, cards. And um, so... You know that was it we'd play there all the time and you know uh my partner ralph at undiscovered realm that's where i met him um a lot of our cousins uh he's one of my best friends um my andre is another really great friend of mine who i still work with and see all the time my friend willie who's in vegas where um two of the people from dragon's went they moved in three of them actually and they opened up another store out there oh. um i think it's called action comics and sports or something like that um and that's been out there since that since dragon's closed so, um, everything splinters off from there. So, but uh, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. Let's, uh, no,
0: I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it sounds like, you know, the store was, was certainly diversified. And, you know, from yeah. my own recollection and the way, you know, you're describing this, the setup and the different departments, it sounds like, you know, it really it wasn't like, it wasn't just a comic shop that happened to dabble in these no. other things. Like, it really seems I, I to be very diversified. I honestly think it
1: was comics might have been one of the last might have been was. second yeah and you know i wasn't really paying attention to that as much so i probably didn't see it but i would say out of the five it was still a big part of it but it was the smallest part of it
0: the more of like a gaming and hobby store
1: yeah game video games were by far the the number one um sports cards were huge at that time um and gaming was like card gaming and stuff magic was just blowing up this is like the prime so
0: yeah one of the one of the listeners who uh submitted a question ahead of time or comment or question said that you know it's it uh, to him at least it seemed like uh Dra- dragons then was always sort of uh chasing the whatever the hot fat yeah at well the time. like you said yo- like yo-yos, yo-yos pogs whatever and beanie his, his babies his question was like did they get stuck with stuff when the fad yeah died i mean out?
1: again i can't say from a position of authority of how much they got stuck with <clears throat> but definitely like I'm sure somewhere in some storage unit, if they didn't burn it yet, there's still, like, cases of pogs and pog tubes and um, beanie babies. Like, like, I remember, like, uh, you know, it was cool because it was almost like a source of income. Like, if you ever got anything, you could go there and, like, trade it in and get some cash. And I would do that all the time, whether it was, you know, cards, comics, games. But I remember I went to Yankee Game, and they were giving out, like, Yankee beanie babies. And, you know, I brought it back to the store, and I got, like, 25 bucks for it. You know, it was great. And I used that to buy Magic cards. And so they they dabbled in everything, which is really i think why they stayed afloat um but like uh but yeah it was a very diversified store i mean i could i can see a crystal clear to this day in my head i can draw it for you like right now so um but yeah, yeah
0: yeah and i know we had mentioned you know so the various locations right so greenwich the, the one in poughkeepsie that's still around central avenue cross county as i understand it uh there was some overlap in owners but generally like they each, each kind of had their own owners with some overlap yeah so i don't
1: so that that's another thing like right a little before my time there i know so the cross county one was owned by a guy named gary um and then i don't know the guy's name who owned the one in poughkeepsie but i know that at least he had a part in the central one and then when everything happened it split off and they opened the one up up the line what i don't know if it was fish kill poughkeepsie it was on the border there um and uh And then Gary went and opened the one in Cross County. I don't know if Gary had a part. He had some minority part, at least, in the one on Central. Okay. Or maybe he bought out when it went to auction, and I don't know. They split off. But, like, they they definitely, like, because even when I went to the one in Poughkeepsie, like, this is probably five or six years since I've been there, but they had, like, the same stickers, like, the Dragon's Den logo and the price sticker, these big yellow stickers, and, like, it was, like, like I got punched in the face like it, with nostalgia like it was weird so right. they definitely just like split whatever was left and went their ways right so
0: as I understand it and I guess this was smart on their part they incorporated each business separately such that when yeah for example the Central Avenue store got shut down for the unpaid taxes it didn't, it didn't float it didn't over the yeah, other, yeah which
1: is smart a lot of people do bullshit like that because you can you could like sell it to the other corporation and right protect it. it's crazy like it's such nonsense
0: yeah um, but, you know, again, like I said, you know, in doing the research, you know, these, you know, these tales emerge of unpaid taxes and employee shoplifting, which we can get into and, yeah. and all these other things. But, you know, I know, you know, on a positive note, like the store obviously meant a lot to you. You yeah. had your routine. You went there. Um, you know, we, we've spoken before about, you know, how important it was to to have that community and that sense of belonging where you're playing magic and everything. I mean, what was the the vibe
1: like generally at the store? <laughs> it was crazy. Like you know it was a store don't get me wrong but it wasn't like um have you ever seen clerks like you have to have seen clerks right yeah so like that honestly maybe not as severe all the time but sometimes and like like i'll tell you like like crazy stuff would happen like after hours like i remember my partner ralph and uh one of the guys chris who used to work there um he worked the video game section they got into it and he's a big guy and they got into like a wrestling match and like Ended up doing, like, a backflip, like, powerbomb, and they both landed on the Time Crisis machine. And I don't know if you ever played Time Crisis. It has that big stainless steel, like, diamond plate metal pedal for stepping on to, like, huh. pop out. They both slammed their heads on there, and, like, both of them, like, blacked out. Like, I thought they had concussions. Like, they were just out cold then like when we were racing the thing they were writing stuff with the the gas on fire and it trailed back into the thing blew up i got set on fire you know like um how how, what were the injuries like oh I'm my leg is still like you can't see it too too much but like it's still like really like uh wrinkly i look like freddy krueger on part of my leg i got third degree burns like it was crazy like i literally left in an ambulance but i was like fine but my pants caught on fire and like i had to pull my it's the middle of the winter i pulled my pants off i'm running around in my boxers like my pants are on fire i threw them in the snow i'm like rolling in the snow and like dude crazy stuff but like that wasn't like a one-time type of thing like this shit was happening every week that was the atmosphere yeah like mike i remember um they used to have these beanie baby posters um that had like at the time all the different beanie babies on it and like they were thick and he, like, whipped the ever-loving crap out of us with them. Like, like it was almost like getting caned. Like, <laughs> like I remember going back to Ralph again. Because we were, you know, we were wise-asses, too. So, we were always causing problems. And um he would just beat the crap out of us with those. Top loaders, like, the, the thick plastic sleeves to put the cards in. Like, they were getting thrown, like, ninja stars across the place. Like, th- this place, like, could never survive a- as it was in this current, like, 2019 environment. It was, like, very crazy. And a lot of this was after hours. Don't get me sure. wrong. But, like, you know, nobody really, like if people came in, it was, it was like Randall and clerks, like, you know, like, yeah, okay, got, you know, like real wise ass shit. Um, so it was kind of a fun atmosphere. And as like a 13 year old kid, like, you know, I was in my glory, you know, it was, was, I miss it. I think it shaped me like, uh, very much so in like a lot of ways now, like I didn't even think about it till now, but like reselling stuff, wanting to have a store that like atmosphere of meeting all your friends and hanging out all day. Um, you know, just, messing with people, having a good time, like all of that, like really like stuck with me strong. And, um, you know, I was there for a while, um, as an, as a customer, but later I want to say probably like, I don't even know, 1999, 2000, maybe, um, 2001. I don't remember. They, uh, they opened up another store across the way called Den Extreme. And that was when RC cars really started to blow up again, like gas powered RC cars, which leads into when I got caught on fire. Um, And they sold skateboards and um, like motorized scooters and uh, stuff like that. And they didn't have enough room for it in the store. So they rented like a smaller, it was like a one hour photo that went out of business or something directly across from them. And uh, I got hired as one of the people there. And I was probably like 15 or 16, whatever the, I guess 16, because I was legally able to work.
0: And do they approach you? Did you yeah, yeah. But, I, you know,
1: it was like one of those, like, you're always here. Right. You want to work. Like, you know, like. I <laughs> yeah, the start, way it goes. That's how it goes with everybody. And, uh, you know, I would help out for free. Or they would give us like, hey, we have 40 bags of garbage. Take them out and we'll give you a free pack of car. You know, so it was always there doing something. And uh, so, yeah. So I took the job. And, you know, I wish it was a little later because, like, I think I could have been a real asset there. And I would have loved to have been, like, a bigger part of it. But, um, you know, I was a 16-year-old kid. And uh that was towards the end of their life cycle. I don't know what year they closed, but it had to be like early 2000s. So oh, that
0: sounds about right. I don't have an exact uh They're probably date on only
1: that. there for 7 or 8 years. And uh, you know, I'm amazed that they stayed open as long as they did in retrospect. At the time you didn't really notice it, but like that place was getting robbed blind and you know, from people who were working there, never mind like customers and stuff like that. And um you know, stuff would just go missing all the time. There was shenanigans like even, you know, I was a kid. I, I was really happy. It was one of my first jobs. Like, I wanted to do a good job. So, like, I, you know, not that I'm not even trying to incriminate myself or anything, but I never really did any stuff like that at all. Um, you, you know, I just saw trying some, not to
0: get lit on fire. Yeah.
1: I saw some of it going on here and there, and I heard rumblings like of a lot of it going on, but you know, I never really partook in it. I just wanted to do my job. I was happy to be able to work in a place like that, you know, because I would have been there for free anyway. So, if I got a little bit of money, I was yeah. Um, and uh, but like one of the other guys that worked there at the time was burning Dreamcast keep in mind they sell video games right but Dreamcast had a glitch in it where you could just burn games and play them so he had a little spool we had drop ceilings and he would keep the spool of discs in the drop ceiling And people would come in and be like, yo, let me get one of those games for like five or ten bucks. And he would go in the ceiling in the back room, get it out, sell the game. You know, this is like direct competition with the story he's working for. Um, You know, things like that. They would come in, they would fix the cars and like RC cars and stuff like that. And like, you know, pocket the money instead of putting it through the register. Just a lot of shit like that. It just Mm -hmm. was really very poorly run. Um, And I think it was a case of just pure mismanagement. Like when the, you know, when the cat's away, the mouse will play kind of thing. Because like the owner you know, and again, this is from a 15, 16 year old perspective, looking back, like, um, I didn't realize like how young the owner was. I think he was only in his early thirties or late twenties or something like that. So, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like, as if I was running a store years ago, like when we first opened, like if I was dealing with that kind of stuff, like it's so hard to manage pre-computers really pre-internet. So, you know, it, it's, it was one of those things where there's so much coming in and out that you really can't manage it, you know? And, um, he, uh, he just was never there. So like, that's why I think a lot of these things really happen. I think like he was, you know, I understand he was like, let's say he was 30, he was driving around, he had his hot car. He was like, you know, and everybody knew him. He was, you know, Dragon's Den was the place to be. He was the owner, you know what I mean? And, uh, but he was never at the store. Um, and so everybody was just kind of doing what they were doing and you really can't do that. You got to show up and, you know, make, make your presence known sometimes, or at least look into things. And he had another guy running the books. Um, and I, I, I don't know, you know, if he had any part in like anything going missing or anything like that. So I don't want to like sound like coming off like that. But, you know, like I don't even know how much involvement he even had in his own store at that point. You know what I mean? He completely had everybody else doing everything. So and, you know, when you're dealing with stuff like that, like if somebody comes in and trades in a video game, you know, the customer buying it. I mean, the person working there is buying it off them themselves instead of buying it for the store. And you can't track that stuff unless you're physically there watching, you know. So I think that that has to be you know what uh led to the, the the downfall of everything. I mean, I watched I watched people doing the garbage and putting like cases of like sports cards in the garbage and then they'd go get them later on when the store closed or um you know like oh, let me ring up, you know, they had the old school cash registers like let me ring up this video game. It's 60 bucks. Okay no sale like 50 bucks in my pocket here's your game you know and just things like that and it was just and that's from a customer perspective that's not even when i was working there like i would just see these things going on you know
0: and what Uh was your perspective of that i mean especially Um, being you know at at that age were you you like oh those are crazy guys or were you like this is really harmful yeah you know
1: it didn't it didn't really uh stand out to me as like something where i was just like oh this is crazy you know what i mean or like i don't know you know it's hard to remember how i felt at the time but like It definitely didn't seem alarming to me as much as it should you know uh looking back and now as a store owner you know i see it from a completely different light obviously um but i mean even like customers like the place was just so poorly run sometimes like they use like you know those typical like pricing guns and like so let's say um i
0: see where this is going yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) but okay because everybody had their own section they pretty much knew like you know you were the comic guy you knew the comics you don't know magic cards you don't know video games so like the Warhammer stuff in the back would be like $200 for this big set. They, they would leave the price gun sitting on the, the counter. Somebody would take it, nine ninety nine. walk up to the sports car counter, buy it for nine ninety nine, and walk out with it. Like just, but I mean like this is how everything, and this is like every day. Somebody took, um, they were putting the magic cards in the cases and like priced all the cards and just left the stack on the counter. They took half the stack, left, came back like three hours later with the same cards out of the cases and resold them back to the store. <laughs> and the person who priced them all was just so oblivious they didn't recognize that and bought the same cards back and then repriced <laughs> what they Lord. Just did. so you know these maybe maybe hey maybe i just was so happened to be there like the 10 times this happened right but i doubt it um and yeah, i mean and, i feel
0: like if it's happening that frequently when you're there yeah it stands to reason it's happening even more when and you're that's not from an
1: outside perspective okay that's not even when i'm working there or anything so this like is just that.
0: blatant like this is just going on in in plain view
1: yeah yeah so like, how could you not know this is going? And again, so, you know, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. I don't know what the culture or the atmosphere was like there. You know, but um, yeah, I mean,
0: I, I wonder that too. I mean, and like, roughly what age w- w- were the staff members there?
1: You know, when you're a kid, everybody seems a lot older, right? <laughs> but, so like, old, like 25. They, they were probably like my age now, like early late twenties to early mid thirties. Right. Well, so um, not kids. And no, like, clearly no. knew what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, maybe forty. You know, like no. they're, they're across the board. Like, right. Nobody was like a, a, especially old.
0: We so you think maybe a, a lack of oversight?
1: Yeah, oh, uh, 1 million percent. And, I mean, disgruntled employees to some extent? Well, again, this is from an outsider's perspective, so I can't say for sure. But from what I gathered, like, like I said, um, I didn't have a lot of experience with the guy who owned the store. The couple experiences I had weren't the most positive. Um, but, again, he was a young 30-year-old guy who was, you know, just... You know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, you know, but I I just never really dealt with him on that level. But I could tell that when he was there, you know, the employees, it was a different atmosphere. They were all on edge and they they didn't seem very happy. And the, the, the feeling I got is that he would show up every once in a while, yell at everybody and then disappear again. So, you know, it didn't instill a lot of like, you know, morale and things like that. And that's just my perspective again but from you know my 15 or 16 year old eyes that's pretty much what i gathered happened and so you're probably right they probably weren't happy whatever not that that's an excuse to do that like that's your job if you're not happy go get another job like you know i'm one of those guys that if i'm doing my job whether i'm miserable or not i'm that's my job i'm gonna do it 110 so i don't think it's an excuse for anything but i think that that's what led to all the problems Hmm. and Like, I really just don't know, like, how it even stayed open as as long as it did with stuff like that going on. Like, I mean, there was literally stuff like, um, so much later on, I started working at GameStop and we had to go do an inventory at uh, the Cross County GameStop, which was across the way. And uh, they were renovating. So they moved temporarily into Dragon's Den, the store that Dragon's Den was. And I think it was the first store in there after they closed. And we were, like, looking in the wall, because we heard, like, people would steal shit and then... Put the boxes in the drop ceiling or there was like holes punched in the drywall downstairs they would just stash it in the dry so we were like you know we had our run of the empty store we're like looking in the seat. we're like let's see what kind of like crap was left here and you're still finding shit and it's like quite the operation they
0: ran <laughs>
1: yeah dude
0: I, i'm almost impressed yeah it, you know I, and i don't you know i don't want to pass judgment but you know as someone who who worked at a store and had a key and had a level of access and responsibility and you know steve placed his trust in me and the rest of us who worked at the store i mean you know to betray that is you know yeah i agree look i uh, i i I,
1: I feel i feel the same way and i don't know that it was everybody either so i don't want to come across like it was every single person working there i just know that these things happen and then also you would hear stories of like oh you know this went missing last week and this blah, blah, blah 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 so like yeah maybe it was everybody maybe it wasn't you know yeah. and they look, were, you
0: might talk to them now and i might be like well i you know we did it because you know this was our only recourse sure, and, sure, and sure. maybe they I, I mean i hate to say maybe they had their reasons because you really <laughs> it's hard to justify that yeah. but i'm sure they have their own you know perspective on it but it's um i mean you know just from my own perspective as an audience <laughs> member hearing this like it's uh you know disheartening to hear again especially someone who and you know yourself as well, of course. You know we spent so much time in and around these small businesses. You know it's, it's things like that, and in this case, clearly was a yeah. store killer.
1: Yeah, no, I, it's crazy to me. And and I will say on the record that uh, Kelly and Paul, who opened the store in Vegas, I never saw take a thing in my life. I, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't. You know, I so that, those are the only people I can say for a fact because I was I was usually around them. You know, I was going to ask in like, that who back the, section. like who were the people you you typically dealt oh, with? Oh, pretty most. much everybody because it was such a cast of characters. Like, and like <laughs> Kelly, I, I I really like her now, and especially like looking back at like such miserable little shits we were. Um, like, if I had to deal with that crap, I I don't blame her. But she had this thing where she would um like. we wouldn't get banned, we'd get banned for an hour or we'd get banned for two hours or three hours whatever. It would scale up, right? But sometimes it would be like January and negative eight degrees outside. And we had nowhere to go. Like, you know, we were there for the whole day. So, like, we would just be, you know, freezing to death outside. And she'd be like, you can't come back for four hours. And like, but we would do ridiculous things. Like, Like one time I stole, like she was doing something and I like took her license and she was, she was like bleach blonde. And like in her license picture, she had like half black hair and half like she didn't do her hair or something like that. (laughs) And we went to the like party place down the street and made copies and put them up all over the store. And like, you know, it was ridiculous. Like, and and that was also his customer. We were little shits. Um, one time, one of the guys, Larry that, uh, worked up front, they had a a picture of him laying like sexy, like, uh, like Jeff Goldblum kind of like on a bed. And, um, and they put up this whole thing. So we made a sign that said like win a date with Larry and like blah, blah, blah. And it was this whole thing. And, uh, you know, just stuff like that was happening all the time. Um, so it was a good time. We had a contest where my friend Willie, they they dared him to strip completely naked. Uh, I think he was 18 at this time. I think. All right, we'll go with that. Yeah, he was 18. So there was two entrances, like I said, the back back, back of the store or the front of the store. And um, he had to make it. And it's again, it's like January. It's, uh, so he had to run from the back store to the front door in under 15 seconds or something like that. And if he got there, he would win a box of magic cards or something like that. So I remember this, like it was yesterday. He's just completely naked and he's just standing there with his hands on his hips, like almost like Sonic. If you ever play Sonic when he's waiting for you to go and he's just (laughs) tapping his foot, looking at his watch. And, uh, he's like, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? And the store's still open. (laughs) Some ladies walking around shopping and she's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And like, just like the most ridiculous things. And, uh, and, um, and then he went to run, and their plan was they were going to lock him out in the mall after he ran outside. So he was stuck naked in the middle of Cross County, and he runs outside at full speed. It's a, it's the middle of January. He hits a patch of ice, slips, just scrapes his whole body across the guy, and then they lock him, and he can't get out. And I like snuck out with his clothes and got him his clothes. But it was just this is this type of stuff like that went on forever, and uh, you know I think we inherited a lot of this type of shenanigans. Yeah, that sounds pretty wild. It was fun. That's what? what I'm saying. This yeah. is the documentary, man. We, There's there's stuff here.
0: Yeah. Why, the wildest thing I ever did at Alternate Reality is we, <laughs> we uh, hacked into one of the guy's Facebook accounts oh. and changed his political affiliation. Oh, wow.
1: That <laughs> <Yeah>. was <it. laughs> <is>
0: Wild times. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, <laughs> did uh, did they play any pranks on you?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Um, I'm trying to think, like, stuff happened all the time. I can't think of anything offhand. Well, like,
0: while that's marinating, it's, it's, it's cool to hear this, and it, you know, it's great to see you, you know, get so excited reminiscing about this, and it's cool, because again, like, like, we talked about how, you know, you were the shy kid growing up, so it's, like, clearly in this environment... This was,
1: like, my awakening. Yeah,
0: like, you really seemed like you you blossomed. Yeah, I
1: really did, and I came into my own, and, like, opened up a little bit, and, like, you know, I started, it it was, it was, it was, like, zero to 60. It was almost like a rebirth. Like, like, I... You know, like, old Chris died, and, like, it was the beginning stages. of Because, like, I didn't know any of these people. There was nothing. It was, like, everything that happened leading up to that in my life just was irrelevant, and I just, like... and But it timed perfectly with, like, becoming 13 and, you know, becoming more of, like, your right. own person and things like that. So it was, like, I really got a clean slate to start with people who didn't know me before they, that. Exactly, and, right. And uh, it was cool. and But I think it was like that for all of us, you know, right. it was almost like a John Hughes movie or something. And uh,
0: so it was pretty quickly that you, you reemerged right in this new environment.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, over the course of a, you know, a year or two, don't get me wrong. It's not like it was like one week to the next, but <laughs> the slowly, but, stepped shortly, foot. <laughs> but we all clicked and we had really good time. And like I said, we would start staying over each other's houses and like even more ridiculous things would start happening, you know, and then that would lead back into the store. And it was just like, it was just like a party, you know, it was fun. Um, and, and, and that's what, you know, we, when I think about a store, even though it's probably like the worst way to run a business, but it's a good time. And I think that's what, why maybe, uh, obviously all these people that had all these questions, they weren't involved in all these shenanigans all the time. But I think that like people had more of an attachment to that store because it was just such an entity. And like, you know, you would hear rumblings of, uh, yeah, there was a naked guy running here last night. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff, you know?
0: Do you have any sense of General and maybe that Facebook post maybe shed some light, but do you have any sense of generally speaking? What? Like how a
1: typical customer might view the store in retrospect? Oh, I mean, I'm sure my Perspective is so different than almost everybody else's because uh, you know I'm sure there was the people who came in bought their comic or their pack of cards and left came back a week later They were there for two minutes There's probably people who had miserable experiences because people were wise asses that worked there and hated the place um I'm sure there's somebody who had similar experiences to me and everything in between. So it's just really weird. I think if you talk to 10 people, you're going to get 10 different stores. You know what I mean? Like it's just, and and also even though it was not, you know, the biggest store in the world, each section really was its own little world. That's true. And there wasn't a lot of crossover. And it was almost like, like we joke about this all the time. It's almost like, Oh, those are sports card people. Like, ugh. We're the the people who play with, like, (laughs) dragon cards, okay? Like, those guys are losers, you know? Um, But that's kind of how it was. Like, it was, like, its own little, like, towns within a town.
0: Yeah. No, I hear it's like, oh, you collect action figures? I collect statues. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, again, like, even in picturing the store, I mean, the main thing that comes to mind are that, you know new rack of comics and the back issue bin yeah and the rest is sort that's of that's the like least thing blur. i have in my mind
1: that's yeah. the blur to me and everything else is clear as day yeah so it's really weird um but so any pranks on you that you remember no no i i really don't remember i mean we were definitely the leaders of the pack in that type of stuff like you know i'm sure i got beat up a little bit and things happened but like going back to just like ridiculous things like um uh, like the, when we were talking about the whack pack at Cross yeah, yeah, yeah. the deaf guy, he Jacques? would always come, Jacques, yes, he would always come in, read all the magazines in Dragon's Den, and then walk across to GameStop and buy them every time. I And I thought this was the funniest thing. And the first time we came across him, um, we were playing Warhammer, or Ralph had started playing Warhammer. So he was gluing the little figures together. He had super glue, and the thing got stuck. And um, oh, this is two different stories, sorry. Anyway, he was trying to pull it off uh, the cap with his mouth and he squeezed it. And the whole thing, a super glue shot into his mouth. And I thought he was going to die. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, what do we do here? Somehow he survived that. But um, after this goes on, he had put his Coke. T- oh, I ran and got him a drink to like wash it out. So he put it down and um, somebody knocked it over and uh, it's, it spilled everywhere. And Jock was walking right, right at that time. And he starts going and pointing at it. Right. And Ralph looks at him and goes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he can read lips. And he went berserk. And he's like, and he just went nuts. So it almost turns into this whole brawl. And uh, so that's how we met him. And we ended up becoming cool with him. Like we would be wrestling in the back. Uh, This was during like the height of wrestling too. So we would have wrestling matches in dragons Den and in the back and go through tables and all sorts of crazy shit. And uh, Jacques saw this from across the mall one time and thought somebody was fighting us. And he came (laughs) running up and like full on clothesline this kid. Like this 15 year old kid and almost knocked his head off. And this is like a six foot, like three, like strong man. Like, just like this is the type of stuff that was going on and this is in the mall this isn't even dragon's Den, you right. know right i mean um and uh I, I do have one thing that i remember when we were working in dragon's Den extreme they sold these motorized scooters and they were like eight hundred dollars a piece and uh one of them went missing one day and we were working and we got slammed i mean there was like 50 people in the store and the store is like the size of you know a living room and it was packed like you couldn't even see shoulder to shoulder and somebody just walked out of the store with one and like there was like one of us working, two of us working, we couldn't see anything. We were so slammed. And it we just the store cleaned out and things just gone. So um the owner just assumed we took it, right? So this is like the one memory I have of him specifically. He calls us to his he's like, "I want you to come to my house." Um so we go to his house and uh and he sits us down in his backyard and he's got this long table like you know, like something out of like a meeting, you know, like godfather type shit. He's sitting all the way at the other end. I might be making this up, but I remember him just having a big dog sitting next to him and me and Ralph and maybe somebody else, but I remember me and Ralph specifically, were sitting at the other end of the table and he's like, so you have anything you want to tell me? And we're like, no. And he's like, well, where'd the scooter go? And, uh, we're like, we honestly, we don't know. Um, it was just gone. And he's like, you know i know you know it's a cool thing and you do you want to ride around on it? it's 800 bucks you know you and your friends want to have a good time you take it all of a sudden you know it's gone you know you get in over your head you can let me know and we're like no man it, it was just gone like and it was like you know he was trying to like intimidate the shit out of us and uh and it was like literally like something out of like scarface or the godfather um but we really didn't steal it but he was adamant that we had stolen the scooter and uh which is funny, that was the one thing that he really came down on and we were the only ones not doing anything.
0: I guess he chose his moments. Yeah.
1: yeah. So um that's the that's the one memory I have burned into my head yeah. of, of that. So How
0: was that matter ever resolved?
1: It just went away eventually. I mean I don't know where the hell the damn thing went. Somebody stole it, you know? Yeah. Just, uh so yeah, that's 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 that went, Dragon. I mean, yeah,
0: amazing. I mean, how did you guys compete with software et cetera,
1: K B. I mean, um, they're right there. Well, you know, used games. I mean, not that oh, GameStop okay. didn't sell used games, but it's not that hard to just say, like, um, I don't know if you remember um, or how much you played back then. Like, I don't know if Software Center still did it. I think they did. Funko Land definitely did. It was before there was, like, a bazillion games. So they had, like, a printout of, like, this is what we're buying these games at. There was a price guide, almost, that they oh, would okay. put out every week. It was, like, a little newspaper. And uh, so you could just take that and say, we'll give you a dollar more or whatever. Huh. And that's it you don't even have to do the work you just say whatever this says we'll give you an extra dollar we're right across the street you know we'll buy them off you so they got a lot of business that way um spillover like i think it works when you're next to this giant behemoth you get the spillover without having to deal with all the advertising and stuff and um you know but they also again they resold the hot items they had you know they were they had their i will give them credit they had their pulse their hand on the pulse of whatever the hot stuff was so they, when the market was there, they they struck. So that you know, they stayed open for a while. Um, and and I think you know, it's like the polar opposite now, where like, we're the magic store and the pop store, and this is the comic store. That's the you know, one if by cards or mm-hmm. American Legends, or whatever. is the sports store. Everybody has their niche. Whereas they survived by doing everything. Like right. they were the one stop shop. So I think that was, you know, also what it was.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been especially interesting to hear that because I guess that was, you know, an aspect of it that mm-hmm. uh, wasn't uh,
1: really known to me before this. Yeah, and, and for me personally as a kid, I liked it um, because if I beat a video game, I could trade that in and then go buy magic cards. Or I could sell magic cards and buy Star Wars figures and, or a comic book or whatever. Where You can't do that anymore. Right. Like I could go to GameStop and sell a game, but I got to buy another game. Um, and you know, I guess so. if you
0: have the staff who has
1: the expertise... Right, thing. and the interest in these things, yeah. you, can, you can make it work. Yeah, yeah, and there was nowhere else you could do that. So, like, your whole collection became interconnected commodity almost. So, I think, you know, there was a lot of strength in that, too.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, actually, that makes sense. So, then, at, oh, actually, one other question with the video games, because this was something that, like, I know at Alternate Realities, one of the owners at one point, you know, wanted the store to get into that, and I know, you know, Odo was opposed, because the markup is not He's great. He's smart. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I mean, awful. How did they like, make awful. that
1: work? i mean it's just a game of bulk yeah. um but like for all lot of people that don't know i, I don't remember if we ever went in, into this when we we're talking about gamestop but like there's like a five dollar mark. especially as like a mom and pop store like if you're a big corporation you might make like eight to ten dollars on a game but that's like almost impossible as a mom and pop you go to the distributor you get last pick like when the hot game comes out especially back then it's not like now where it's on discs and they print a billion of them there were carts like there was a finite amount like you know the new mario came out there might be five copies in a store and like you couldn't get this thing and it would be months before they restock it so as the mom and pop store you're getting last pick so um i think a couple things one it was just a game of bulk but two being not gamestop gamestop's not going to sell this 50 dollars mario game for 80 dollars. they can you know and that's hmm. what they would do if it was the really hot game all right we have five copies you can't get it anywhere but you can pay a 100 bucks
0: right okay gotcha. you know that's
1: what it is pre-eBay you know um so that definitely helped too and you know like i said it's like the razor blade model uh which they you know it's a marketing term where like you sell the razor super cheap but you make the money back on the razor blade so people will then resell the games to you you pay them half price you sell them used and it's just an ecosystem you need those new games to get people to sell you the old ones and that's where you made your money right um and things like that like when the new systems will come out like um you, again you couldn't get them anywhere but they would sell it to you, but you had to buy every single game with it that came out. So if there was 10 launch games, you had to buy all 10 games, two controllers, two memory cards. So now they're making their money, you know, off of that. Whereas GameStop, I'm just going to buy the system. So
0: cool. Well, so now take me to the end of dragons then. So at what point, or I guess, what is your reaction? How do you find out it's closing? What's your reaction?
1: For me personally, my story ends a little bit before the stores does. So, um, the owner, he had this, uh, Plymouth Prowler. I don't know if you're familiar with the car, but it's I'm like, not. it's kind of a weird looking car. It looks like a hot You remember Home Improvement? Yeah. Like how he was building a car in the garage. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Kind of like something like that, like real lean, like long wheels sticking out. Like it almost looks like a Hot Wheels car or something. And it was like, you know, it was a hot car at the time. And uh, it was like his prized possession. It was like eggplant purple. Like I remember it like crystal clear. And uh, like when he would show up to the store, he would literally make one of the people stand outside and watch the damn car. Um, and, uh, he, I don't remember what happened, but he pissed somebody off that was in the group of people. And like, you know, we had a core group of five to ten, but, you know, there's probably 30, 40 in the overall, like, gaming group in the back. So, somebody was, like, had, um, I'm purposely not naming names here, but they had, like, this, like, I don't know, their makeup or something, like, gold glittery, like, makeup. I don't even know where it came from. And they poured it all over the hood. The guy that was supposed to wash it had Mm -hmm. to go in and do something or go to the bathroom or something. So, they were, like, it's time. And, like, they poured the stuff on the hood they spit on the seats like you know i don't know why they had such a grudge i don't remember anyway um and then they all this happened and then we all left to go to nathan's or something to go to the arcade so i get a call like an hour later from one of the girls that works there and she's like gary's fucking pissed like uh he thinks it was you but I'm like, I had nothing to do with this. Like I, I was, part, like in a group of people that left afterwards.
0: Always thinks it's you with the scooter, with the car. Yeah, I'm you and like, vehicles. Yeah, and
1: and uh, and 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 then uh, it
0: must have been because you were on fire during the race.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I didn't I mean, even yeah. shoot a damn store. I got burned alive. And uh, something goes wrong. It must I, be the kid listen, who was on I fire. When I was on fire, I couldn't even walk. I didn't go to school. I couldn't stand up for three months. Like that's how bad it was. It was the worst. I felt like somebody shot me with a shotgun, but. I did get to meet the smashing pumpkins because of it it's like my like one of my favorite bands in the world they played they did an in-store thing and everybody had to camp out in the snow for like 10 hours and they came the the management saw me there at like six in the morning and uh gave me a pass to come back and then you had to choose if you wanted to see them play the, the concert or go to the signing. And they let me stay after the concert, get everything signed before they let everybody in. And I got all the things and I got a picture with them. Like something I never would have got to do. So like I um, almost don't even mind. Like a make a wish kid. Yeah. yeah, right. It was literally like that. It was, it was great. Um, so anyway, fast forwarding over. Yeah, I get blamed for fucking everything. And like the cross county security, because they hated us for messing with them all the time. They were like, we saw him do it. It was that guy. So, <laughs> so I literally just got like... I, And it was funny because the guy who did it, then there was a guy that helped him. Then there was a guy who drove the car for them to get away. All those people, none of them got blamed, but I was in the group that went to go play video games afterwards. And somehow it was all me. Nobody could think for themselves. So, so anyway, so I got banned from the store. Um, and that was probably like two years before they, they closed. Um, and, um, Oh, and going back, you know, what's funny is they made somebody pay. He was like, I forget, because I, I didn't do it oh and somebody else came in and said no it was me it wasn't chris and they're like nope we know it was chris <laughs> like literally that's I how really much they wanted to for you. Like, yeah and i like i don't i don't know why in retrospect but um they uh they were like all right well this person has to pay like three hundred dollars to get the car detailed blah 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 so they went in and they took all the warhammer stuff and repriced it like i was telling you yeah. like down to like five bucks took it all Bought it for five dollars. They were like hundred dollar sets. Sold it on eBay. Then took that money and paid him for <laughs> the detailing. This is this is what I'm saying. Like it's just insane to me. And uh, I, but I had no part in this at this point. Like I'm I'm out. I got right. banned. But he
0: ban- um, and ha- I mean, wh- how, what's your reaction to this?
1: I, I was pissed, but there was nothing I could do. But it was right. Like at this point, I was probably like eighteen, nineteen. Um, I kind of started playing Magic a little less. Um, and we faded out a little bit, and that's why we started going to alternate because dragons end closed we weren't allowed to play there anymore and i a, a couple of us got banned i i think um andre got banned too and somebody else it wasn't just me um so we couldn't go there and when we started playing at alternate for the brief period where they had magic tournaments and um and then alternate stopped doing the tournaments and mm-hmm. i quit playing magic for like five or six seven years at that point um but yeah, and then eventually the store just went away. But, uh, you know, I only heard little rumblings here and there, but my core of my group was all not allowed in anymore. And the staff started to change and it just, you know, it wasn't the same thing anymore. Right. It was just like the whole place just gutted and fell apart.
0: I mean, you don't strike me as a vindictive sort, so I assume the answer is no. But I mean, when when you heard that it was closing, was there any bit of satisfaction? No, like, uh, no. That's what they
1: get? Um, oh, I mean, I can be like super vindictive. So <laughs> so you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe I've calmed down now, but... Um, I'll try to say on your can say Yeah, yeah. Um, only to people who deserve it, but, uh, no, I, I just don't remember even caring at that point. It was just like such a non-mattering thing to me, but it was weird. Like something went from such a big part of my life to just not mattering. Well, yeah, that's
0: why I guess I'm surprised. Like when you're describing the banning, like I I would assume it would have been more traumatic.
1: Yeah. Maybe I blocked it out a little bit. I, it was a little bit, but I, you know, it was right. Like when. know we all started dating a lot more and like going to do other things and we had already made our friendships so we were doing so many other things you know
0: so the friendships transcended the store yeah had that
1: happened to me like two years three years before that my whole literally my whole life would be different like it would have like it would have stopped and branched off to another timeline like that's how different it would have been i would have had different friends i probably would have never opened these stores right i wouldn't i wouldn't probably even have the sense of humor or million different things in my personality that i have now like that's it's crazy to me but it, it didn't and it was at the right time i guess so i don't remember being happy that it closed but i don't remember caring either like it was just like you know this is not a part of my life anymore but it was you know
0: yeah so no i mean again been... very similar to you know the experience that i had at alternate realities and it's like all these people you meet There's a little something that you take with them. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the Steve's Odoisms I've taken to heart, and there's some good life lessons, you know, but even from Rich Roni, I mean, I have a, I like to think I have a firm handshake, look someone in the eye, that comes right from Rich Roni. There you go. All these little things along the way, and definitely the sense of humor uh you know like those those hours those countless hours in that store can really be very formative
1: yeah no i mean i and let me tell you man we li- like I, when i say we live there we live there after hours like, all that stuff when the store would close like we would go to the blimpies they had a basement with like 20 tables and we would play cards down there we'd oh, play in the train chinese- remember the blimpies it was yeah. like right, right yep right, yeah. Right, 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 yeah and uh we would play in burger king there was a all you can eat chinese buffet there we would play that like anywhere that had tables we would play cards applebee's um and we you know, we still went to the mall, we just weren't allowed in Dragon's End. And so that made us ah. have to find other places to play all the time. I also lived like a ten minute walk away, so like we go back to my house and play. Like, you know, that's that's what I mean. Like it you know, we were still mall Rats. But uh, you know, it was just that that's, era was over. Wow, we
0: got two uh, Kevin Smith yeah. movie titles. Well,
1: I gotta tell you, like, that's another major influence on me, so that's ingrained in my head. But I think that's why I love mall rats so much, because that's the life we lived, like right. but it was like that shit, like literally like you know, somebody tripped and fell in front of Old Navy, like, we would get, like, a guy running back to report to us. Like, that, it was our mall. Like, we, we, we ran that place more than the, the security did. And, like, to the point where security, like, threatened to beat the shit out of us. They, like, actually challenged us. They were like, you bring your 10 best, we're gonna meet you under the mall at the loading dock, and we're gonna settle this. Like, we're not calling the cops. Like, they they hated us. Like Did that ever insane. move forward or not? Uh, no, but I mean, like, they even chased, they chased one of the other kids out. Like, this wasn't me. So, like, we kind of lit a fire and it went into a full inferno at the years after us where like other people heard of all these things that happened and then just started doing them too. And so it became a whole thing. Like, I mean, like, uh, security chased them in the truck out of them all. They were going down one way streets, like at 80 miles an hour, trying to catch them. And like, it was just ridiculous. Like I'm telling you, man, this place was like, it was like Lord of the flies. It was good. It was good. So then of course, so you get banned and then, uh, you know,
0: dragons Den eventually closes, Obviously, it would be some time after that before you would open Undiscovered Realm. Oh, yeah, way later. But I know that, you know... We we took a lot with it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I want to end on, because I know we've spoken about this before, and I know, you know, one of your goals with the store has been to, you know, create that same type of space that you had and enjoyed so much.
1: Yeah, I will say, you know, and I've said it in our other interviews, that when I see people coming together... And I've seen friendships blossom. I've made friendships all over again, too, um, a whole new set of them. Um, that's what I loved most about that store. And when I see that, it sometimes, like, you have those days where you're like, why am I doing this? And then you see stuff like that, and you're like, that's why I'm doing this, and that community that's there. And I think we definitely, definitely, you know, we've had some of our own crazy things that have happened, like, you know, uh, you know, maybe not as many naked men running around, you know, just here and there. But, like, ridiculous things, you know what I mean? And I think we brought that, you know, th- that's alive and well with us. And, um, you know, I think... You have
0: security cameras, though.
1: We do have security cameras, um, <laughs> which, you know, you could turn them off every so often. No, but we, we have a good time. And uh, we've had our share of really, really, really ridiculous stories um, happen there, too. And I think, like, like I said, I learned a lot of my resale skills from them and acquiring limited items from them and... Um, just the way everything interacts and i think like they had uh, me personally maybe it's just because i loved being there but the model that they had i think worked well if we had more space um you know i would love to be that one-stop shop where you can interconnect everything and i I just think that's the best way to do it i just think it's not viable anymore in this area especially just because of space and just the market's not what the market was um but yeah i i think we're uh you know, 20% of what Dragon's Den was, you know, but in a perfect world, I would love to open up Dragon's Den, you know, bring it back. But, um, you know, we do what we can, but yeah. I, I think that without that, there would, there would be no undiscovered realm for sure, but there would be not a lot of things in my life. So it was definitely very, those were my formative years and, you know, also that on top of it. So the two things combined were just, you know, major, major, major part of my life
0: how much of a pull is that for you to that to actually bring back dragons like how important is the name i guess or is it more
1: just the spirit uh,
0: needs to be carried alive which you're nah, doing
1: it's not that i like the name has this weight to it aside from personal meaning because that's just where we went so it's instantly recognizable and i think in this area that name certainly has a lot of weight to it um might
0: carry some uh some unwanted baggage though, that's true right? too yeah, I guess days. I could cut either way. But yeah. have you had former Dragons Den customers come in to you?
1: oh for sure. Um, I mean, like we we have people that you know we're like oh we used to play cards together. You know when we were like eleven or twelve or thirty. I don't and I don't remember all of them necessarily. Some of them all of a sudden like somebody I don't even remember, and then somewhere in the back of my brain like fifty things come back. I'm like holy shit, like I remember that now. Um, we've you know even some of the old employees have come by. You know what I mean. Um, like I could probably. Like I said, like if we needed to, I could get in touch with like ninety percent of the core staff like overnight, you know what I mean, so they're still accessible um it's not that I like talk to them on a regular basis at all, um, I'm friends with some of them on Facebook um you know, but uh, but yeah, you know people definitely come in by default, I mean we're all still in the same county, and they're gonna if there's a collectible store, they're gonna go there, that's what we do, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's been fascinating to hear all of this. You know, when I was a little kid going to Dragon's Den, and specifically that Cross County location, you know, my mom would take me, as she took me to all of these stores that we've talked about throughout the season. Uh, We'd pack usually like turkey sandwiches. We'd eat them in the car. (laughs) And then we'd go in. And, you know, again, I don't remember spending a ton of time in the store. I would look for whatever comic I needed. I I do remember specifically when I was hunting down the spider-man clone saga in back issues and i remember there was one issue in particular i think it was from spectacular spider-man that i was looking for and i remember i still like you know those defining moments like i remember being in the store as a kid in front of those back issue bins finding flipping through i was so excited yeah
1: that's a good know? feeling you know it's so weird like like you said we have these like different experiences because the few comics that i did buy when i was a kid like like the world of them being interconnected didn't even exist to me because i would buy like this issue and then a year later i'd buy some other issue and it was just like oh i you know this one looks cool so like they were just self-contained stories to me so it's it's weird like i never had that like but on the flip side like i would go there and find like the star wars action figure that i needed to finish my set and have that exact same experience you know or a card would get true again there's no internet at this point so Like if you're hunting for something, you got to physically find it. Like it's not easy. And like, you know, even finding cards for your magic deck, like if somebody didn't sell it to the store, where are you getting it? Right. So it'd be like, oh, it's in, you'd come in and it's in the case all of a sudden. You're like, yes, I've been looking for this for three months. You know, that feeling is the core of being a collector. And if you could bottle that and give it to people, I think it's more powerful than any drug you're ever going to do in your life. And it's dangerous. Um, But uh, I wish, I wish people that aren't in this world could feel that feeling because there's nothing like it. It's just not.
0: There really is something to it. It's, it's very crazy. true. It's crazy. Well, I want to thank you very much for sharing uh, yeah. all the insight that you did about <laughs> Dragons. And I learned It was very educational.
1: Yeah. I, and I want to say this one more time. It's like, this is my personal experience. My view and experiences I had there could have been literally just relegated to my group. And uh, maybe that wasn't the store 95% of the time. I don't know. Uh, so I, you know, I don't want to paint this picture that it was like this 24 seven. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I, I can only say from my, my perspective and, you know, I, and a lot of the things that I was talking about with like stuff going missing and things like that, it was all like hearsay. So like, I, you know, again, I can't say that, like, I saw these things happening all the time directly in front of my eyes or like I saw a specific person do it. So obviously stuff was going on, but like, who knows? You know what I mean? Like it could have been amped up, like. A million times over, and you know, so I don't want to like make it sound like everybody there was doing something. Uh, I don't know and uh, and the owner, like I said, those were just my things, and I just think like looking back, he was just a young kid who had the hottest thing in the county, you know what I mean, like, and he was just doing what he was doing. I'm sure he's a good dude. I mean, I've run into him a couple times at video game releases and stuff like that, and uh, you know, I'm sure you know he was just trying to get by just like all of us are now, like having a store, I see it from the other angle, you know what I mean, so you know, but again. I'm sure there's a lot more story to be told. And, you know, there's a flip side to this. So this is just my piece of the puzzle.
0: Yeah. No, well, I appreciate you sharing it. I mean, obviously, Dragon's Den was a major player during its time. And and I wanted to make sure that it was represented for that reason. And also because, again, it was was a store that I went to. uh, You know, again, those couple of locations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thank you for being part
1: of this. No, thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, this was really fun. And uh, I really want to see a Dragon's Den documentary.
0: All right, (laughs) well... We'll see what, we'll, what we can do about that. Uh, so you and I are going to keep talking on the after show. So make sure Stay that you sign up for Patreon. the uh, Patreon page to hear that and the Beyond My Comic Shop miniseries. It's so good. You, you, you got to listen, listen to these to episodes.
1: You can bid like a dollar, a dollar. It's all it'll like take. an Arizona, and you're going to get like twenty hours of content. Like I can't tell you like how fun it is to listen to these things like on drives or while you're doing stuff at home. Like this thing has saved me. Like it's a dollar. It should be more, but if that's all you got, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really try to pack that dollar tier with as no, much as No, it's
1: good. Like <laughs> you're getting so much content. Like, and it's five. Even if it's five bucks. Like, you, even if even if this episode is all you got this month for five bucks, that's you know you can't get that entertainment value anywhere.
0: I love having someone else to help me uh, try ah, to sell but this thing. it's true. <laughs> You're not really
1: selling it, you know?
0: Well, I appreciate it. Uh, so, yes, make sure that you uh, head on over to the Patreon page for the after show. This was the last stop along the tour of Westchester oh, wow. of yesterday. We did six episodes on Westchester's Lost Shops. The season's not done, though. We have coming up our two-part finale event. So, in two weeks, My Comic Shop Present where I sit down with uh, one of my favorite Alternate Realities customers, Sandro, a.k.a. Nickelback, and uh, <laughs> we talk about the Westchester comic shop scene of today and how uh, while we, we love the current crop of stores, no store has quite uh, become the same part of our routine that Alternate Realities did. And so we kind of talk about everything going on in Westchester today. I think you, will, you would enjoy that. And then two weeks after that, on Wednesday, September 18th, it's the grand finale to this era of My Comic Shop history. It's called My Comic Shop Future. And I sit down with Steve Odo, Bill Mayo, and Rich Roney, three alternate realities legends, as we ponder the future. So our two-part finale event is coming up in September. I hope you enjoy. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel. ¶¶